Let's go back to our prayer and fasting guide. And I want us to go to page two, that prayer that we pray this, this week. And then I'm going to tell you something that the Lord gave me instruction to, to speak of. You, you see then, it says, Father, by your mercies I present my body. Just say it. It's a prayer. We can, we can, we can pray it out again. Can we do it again together? Yes. Father, by your mercies I present my body, dedicating all of myself as a living sacrifice, holy and well-pleasing to you, which is my rational act of worship. I do not copy the behavior and customs of this world, but I let you transform me into a new person by changing the way I think. I want to learn to know your will for me, which is good and pleasing and perfect. I freely admit that I have sinned and therefore confess my sins, knowing that you are faithful and just to forgive my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness, my wrongdoing and everything not in conformity with your will and purpose in my life. I ask you, Father, for the help of the Holy Spirit in receiving your plans, purposes, thoughts, and utterances for my life, your church in this nation, and all that you desire for me to speak. May your will be done in the church in Kenya as it is in heaven. Thank you for your mercy and grace. In Jesus' name, amen. We know that's in line with those scriptures. I pray out scriptures. Personally, I don't pray out anything else. But then, I was praying and I was getting myself ready to continue ministering without I minister last Friday. And it's a continuation. And then I had this, the Lord say this to me, is this, uh, uh, Davis? Where is it? Where is it? Uh, he says, uh, I'm holy. Okay. I'm holy. I am holy. I'm looking for all the words that are, I don't, yes. It says, I'm holy. And I thought, yes, Lord. So what do you want me to say about that? I'm holy. And my name is holy. Okay. All right, Lord. I believe to speak about that. And I'm believing to speak about this tonight. All right? And Father, may your holy presence, your holy presence follow your word. And the Holy Spirit reveal your holiness to us. And that you may be lifted up into your glory, into your presence of holiness in Jesus' name. Think about this. There's a word that you'll hear to, in heaven being sung is holy. 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 Holy, Lord God Almighty. And he says, he introduces himself as holy. I'm the holy one of Israel. So, let's, let's look at some, that, that word holy. Uh, you remember when uh, God spoke to Moses, and oh, Moses went through some things. Forty years in the palace, 40 years in the, in the wilderness. He's called by God 40 years with the stiff-necked people in the wilderness still. Whew, what a call. 
And the Bible says he was faithful in all God's house. But you remember when God introduced himself to Moses as the I am, and he says, remove your shoes for the place that you are standing is holy. Then let's look at that word, just that word which is used there. The place that you are standing is holy. Holy is sacred. It's sacred. It's pure. Pure. Holy is sacred. Pure. It's blameless. It's a blameless. Holy is sacred. Pure. Blameless. And this is another word is consecrated. Consecrated. Talk about holy is sacred. Pure. Blameless. Consecrated. And then another word is separated. Separated. Properly revered in our reverence. Properly revered. Worth, worthy of veneration. Veneration is to be held in high esteem. Veneration. Worthy of veneration. And then uh, holy, actually. Now, now think about this. Holy is God-likeness. God-likeness. Did I say right? Likeness, the likeness of God. God-likeness. It's God-likeness. Holy, or if you talk of holiness, it's God's innermost nature. It's God's innermost, innermost nature. So you talk about holy God, his, his innermost nature. That's his nature. He's holy. Introduces himself and says, I'm holy. And then he's Another meaning is this, is to set apart for God. So if you talk about holy is to be to set apart for God. Or reserved for God and his service. You remember when uh, Nebuchadnezzar, when they, the Israelites went into captivity, and, oh my goodness, the, the, every vessel... Let me, let me start with this before even they went to captivity. Remember the temple of, of, uh, of uh, Solomon, every vessel that had been com uh, dedicated, consecrated to the Lord was holy. It's holy. And they, they belong to him. And then here comes, uh, you know, years later, uh, the temple was plundered completely and they've been taken to captivity. And then what happened then, one king, this, I think it was the son of Nebuchadnezzar, he, he, he got drunk and there was a party and he took one of those golden vessels and he said, bring them that you may continue drinking with, you know, drinking and partying. And when he did that, remember that was just, not just, just a vessel, just think about that, a vessel. God says, that's mine. And judgment fell on that king and he died that night. And the passions came in. Actually, it is, it is known historically that um, the river Euphrates, if you've, you've, you've looked a little bit concerning Babylon, how it is, the river Euphrates, which actually there was a wall in Babylon built that it was impenetrable. No way to enter in. And the river Euphrates passed through the, 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 that wall. And then it's known that night when King Cyrus entered in the Persian, actually when they were parting, uh, the, the, the Babylonians were parting, that river, which never would dry, 
dried right there supernaturally, and there was an entry. <laughs> it sounds to me like crossing the Red Sea, you know, the children of Israel. But it's supernaturally dried, and they found it dry that night, and they entered in. And when they entered in, they found the king and all his soldiers and all that, they were drunk, they were killed, and plundered completely, and there was a turnover of that, that empire, the, the Persian Empire now was ruling, King Cyrus was ruling, whose heart was after God in the rebuilding of the temple of God. That's so good. To, you need to go read some, some of those, uh, you know, history. It's so amazing. You see the, the, the amazing power of God in fulfilling his word in every generation. So why I say that is because reserved for God and his service. Listen to this. Since nothing that is polluted can be holy, purity becomes a big part of holiness. Since nothing that is polluted could be holy, purity becomes a big part of holiness. And this is the thing, people. A holy God calls for a holy people. A holy God calls for a holy people. Now, now think about this then. When, when you think about the, the children of Israel and them going into captivity, it's, it was because they had forsaken God. And, and you find that, you know, they, they worship all the different kings. I wish I could, I could take hours and hours and speak about those kings. Do you have a witness of that? I can speak for hours. Eh? <laughs> I think Andra, I started speaking to the staff concerning that, and it's so amazing looking at different kings. I like the book of Chronicles and the book of Kings. The Lord gave that to me in 1998, I remember. Uh, he, I, he gave me instructions to just read that. And it's amazing of the things that he unraveled. And every time that I go to it, I get thrilled looking at those kings. Now, look at this then, why I'm saying this. A holy God calls for a holy people. Okay, so we are talking about holy, holiness, holy. Now think about this then. For the children of Israel to go into captivity and serve the enemies and be as slaves, actually, was as a result of forsaking the holy God. Remember, they are disobedience. Disobedience produces unholiness. Disobedience produces unholiness. Unholiness. One cannot say that he's walking in holiness if they are disobedient to the Father. Why would I say so? Because you remember in, in, in Deuteronomy chapter 28, King James, the New King James Version also. In, in Deuteronomy chapter 28, in verse 1, Look at this, he says this. Now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe, to observe carefully all his commandments which I command you today that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations, all nations of the earth. Can you go? And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Okay? So the blessings was a result of what? of their obedience to the Lord. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 30, please, if you, uh, if you would. Uh, Deuteronomy 30. So the blessings of, of God are coming upon them because of, their dis, because of their obedience. 
to God. And then verse 1, look at this in 30 verse 1. Now shall come to pass when all these things come upon you, the blessing and the curse which I have set before you, and you call them to mind among all the nations, and you call them to mind among all the nations, where the Lord your God drives you. As a result of what? As a result of disobedience, they are going to be driven into other nations. As a result of unholiness. Why? In their disobedience, they started serving other gods like Molech. Or oh, those wars, Ashtaroth, you know. Those wars, those, those gods for Baals. In the time of, uh, the, the time of uh, uh, Elijah had to face that reality of the children of Israel that they were serving Baals, they were serving other gods. They had forgotten the Holy One of Israel, the holy God. So then he says this, go continue please, and you return to the Lord your God and obey his voice according to all that I command you today, you and your children and all you, with all your heart and with all your soul, that the Lord your God will bring you back from your captivity. Why? When you start obeying him, when you call to memory, you are in captivity as a result of disobedience, so to speak, as a result of your unholiness. So then holiness is a weapon against the devil. It's a weapon against the devil. If we, we choose to live a holy life, we have become weapons of righteousness. And Romans chapter, I think Romans chapter 6 talks about that. We become weapons of righteousness. Our bodies become weapons of righteousness. And we are dealing with the enemy. We are destroying his work. Because light, darkness has never comprehended light. So then, that the Lord your God will bring you back from captivity and you have compassion in you, on you and gather you again from all the nations where the Lord your God, God has scattered you. And then he says this, goes to the next one, are you able to? If any of you are driven out to the farthest past under heaven, from there the Lord your God will gather you and from there he will bring you and we've seen that happening to the Israelites. Be brought back. But there, is, there has to be an acknowledgement of the Lord God of Abraham. And actually, their unholiness and their, they gave, giving themselves to other gods was what resulted to them being taken into captivity. So holiness is our freedom. It's our liberty. But unholiness brings in captivity. It shackles. Oh my goodness, you, you know, you pray, I pray for people the last 24 years and, and different ones and cast out devils out of their lives and you find that unholy. And, and the, the big part, that's not the only one, but I'm talking about even believers, the big part is sexual immorality that opens such a door for those demonic oppression. Oh my goodness. I've never seen anyone walking in, you know, living a believer, living in sexual immorality, joyful. They cry and cry and cry and broken and broken and cast out devils out of them. And sometimes I've had actually, in, over the years, that I've had devils speaking. No! I said, no, what? <laughs> That's my assignment tonight. I had no plan to do this. I promise you. I had it. His name is holy. And he's looking for holy vessels. 
holiness is separated. It's been separated for him. Let's go back to Romans 12, 1 and 2 from the Amplified Version. Hmm. Yes, sir. Okay. So, so then, let, let, let's look at this then. Uh, uh, as we go there in Romans chapter 12, uh, from verse 1, let, let, me, let me say something right there then. The, the, the children of Israel had been called by God to have such a voice. And God says, like the scripture that we, we read, that they are going to be lifted up above all nations. They, above all nations, you can think about this. And God had called them to be his own people, holy unto God. And he introduced to them, I'm one. I'm one. I'm the only God that you are supposed to serve. If you obey me, these blessings will come upon you. Now, now look at this. Thing. This is a type. And this is a shadow. God has never changed. So actually when we start seeing then the church in the nation that doesn't have a voice and is sought to speak in a vernacular is an underdog. It's because they are not walking in obedience to God, separated to God, consecrated to God, holy unto God to be a voice in that nation because the church is a city set in the what? Is the light set what? In the, in the hill, the city set in the, in the hill and that all the world should see and, uh, and tell this is, there is God in that house. There is God in the church. This is the place that we are supposed to be told what to do, not the politicians. Look at the scriptures concerning the kings of Israel. Any success, success, successful king had to obey the prophets. They had to, in obedience to the prophets, that this is what it meant. They had to submit to the voice of the Lord, their God. But it's not in our society this time that we are living. That is, the pastors going to the politicians to get some handouts. That's reverse. That's devilish. Or for the politicians because we think they have money so that they want to come to church and whatever they say, yes, yes, yes. And then they give us some handouts. No, no, never. That's reverse. That's a church without a voice. That's a church that is not separated unto God. That's a church that does, is not living according to the standards of the kingdom of the most high God. And there is no, they are not separated. Now it's so easy to think about the church. And probably you sat, you sat there and you're thinking about the church and you think about a bishop. And then you think I'm nothing here. But you know those bishops, they're the ones who do so. What influence do you have? A believer. Remember holiness is our weapon. Against the kingdom of darkness, separated, consecrated unto the Lord our God. That we have, we have victory wherever we go. That's our victory. Our victory. 
is to walk in holiness unto God. And, and, and it's a, in an easy thing, not like holy, holy, wonderful. We can think that way. But actually, this, we see from these definitions, it's, it just means, it's simply this, separated, consecrated unto God as the only one that I will serve, nothing else. And I am, I am diligently, I am diligent to obey the word of God. That's holiness in its simplicity. Can I, can I say it in other simplicity, word of faith, preaching? A do of the word. Nothing else but the word. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies dedicating all of yourselves set apart. What's that? Holiness. As a living sacrifice. And then he goes on to say, he's using all those words actually. If you look at it in, intently, you realize that all those words he's using is actually for holiness. He says this, dedicating all yourself set apart as a living sacrifice, holy and well-pleasing, which is our obedience to God, which is your rational, logical, intelligent act of worship. And this says this, this is what happens. And do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind. That is to be established in the culture of the kingdom of God. I like the scripture that Elder Francis read last, last week about repent. He said what? But change, change your mind. This is the other version that you read was so, so wonderful. Anyway, but it's to be established in the culture of the kingdom of God. Holy and separated unto God. Establishing the culture of the kingdom of God and, and be as, as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes so that you may prove for yourself what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purpose for you. That's the only time you can be able to. Now let me show you now the type and the shadow in the old covenant. God says this, you will realize for yourself that I will lift you up above all nations when, and you will see my plan for you to be kings and priests unto me. To be a holy nation. It's only, only if you don't start living like other nations and worshipping the gods of those nations just like Solomon did in his generation. He married so many wives. And at some, some time his heart turned into, into worshipping other gods. Then he started now conforming according to, the, to other nations which God has said, I want you to destroy all these nations. But they started worshipping that same God. And it's in our generation, people. Do you know what the devil wants? To convince every believer that Sodom is okay, that lesbianism is okay, that marriage between a man and a man is okay. That's what he wants. 
And he's been bringing that culture and bringing that culture. And God says this, I want you to be established in the culture of the kingdom that you may hate evil just like I hate evil. Now, look at First Peter chapter 2 verse 9 and 10. First Peter uh, 2, 9 and 10. But you are a chosen generation. That's the New King James Version. But you are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood, a holy nation. Who's that? The church. Who's that? As believers. He says this. Now, remember, that's the promise actually had given to the children of Israel, to the nation of Israel, that if you do this, you'll be a people to myself, a priesthood to myself. A holy people to myself. But now they went the way that they went. And then now he says, he's saying to us now, the new covenant people, and he's saying to anyone, Jews or Gentiles, it doesn't matter, Jews or Gentiles, he's saying this to us, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, your own special people. Special is separated. You've gone to meetings and said, excuse me, these are, these are special seats for some people who are coming. <laughs> when I go to places, I, I follow. I follow literally the instruction of Jesus. When I go to places, I never go to the front. Meeting, I've not been, I'm not going, I'm going to start to sit back there. And I always like it. I say, why are you sitting here? Where am I supposed to sit? No, you have to come to the front. Really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and to a certain wedding, uh, wedding, and I, I actually put on my jeans and, 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 you know, casual, almost just the way I am. And then uh, I went and sat behind. You know, they, they, said, they said they were starting at 10 o'clock. And then I kept calling. My niece was there. Are they there? No. Eleven? No. Have you, have you known where they are? Or we are told the bride is the time that they are about to leave their home. That's 11 kilometers away. Anyway, 12 o'clock. I told my niece, when they come, call me. When you know that they are close by. So anyway, the, the service was starting at 10 for the wedding. It, ended, it started just before 1. So when I was told they were coming, so I drove and went to the wedding. And when I got there, people have been there for a long time, so... Anyway, I wasn't going to sit at the front. Anyway, I wasn't one of those people conducting that wedding. So I went and sat behind. I couldn't even enter the sanctuary. You see, people have been waiting for over two hours. <laughs> There's no way I was going to sit from 10 o'clock. So anyway, so I sat there, and a certain lady saw me, Zanash. And I, I saw them talking, and I thought, I hope they're not thinking of taking me up there at the front. Anyway, she came, she said, later on, she came, I want you to go there at the front. I said, what? I want you, all those pastors were so dressed up. You understand? <laughs> I'm the one in Because <laughs> I wasn't expecting to go up there at the front. Anyway, she ended up taking me right there to the front. And the amazing thing was this. The, the officiating pastor was seated and I was, I, was, I was made to sit next to him. <laughs> and, 
And I ended up being there and ended up being called to go, to go lay hands on the couple. I thought, my goodness, my Lord God. But I'd rather follow the instruction of Jesus than to go there at the front and say, we don't want anyone with jeans here. <laughs> any, any pastor who has a jeans, you need to go out. <laughs> you, know, you never want that to happen to you. But it's amazing that, that God special special people is separated. And then he says this, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Listen to this then. Our praises become stronger and weapons of our warfare as we walk in holiness. Our praises become stronger and as weapons of our warfare as we walk in holiness. A righteous king Jehoshaphat during their battle, God told them the battle is mine, says the Lord. You don't need to fight this battle. And because he had been living right, all what they needed to do is say, he said, we say, he sent the singers ahead of, of the, the whole, the soldiers, and they started singing, for the Lord is good, his messenger was forever. And that was enough to destroy the enemy and to defeat the enemy. And they plundered the enemy. Why? The thing was this is not singing, the Lord is good and his mercy is endures forever. The thing is this, they were in right standing with God. They were consecrated unto God. It was a, a king who worshipped God. And therefore God, his pra their praise, the praises of his people were stronger and weapons against their enemies. They defeated the enemy. It's a consecration unto God. It's an uncompromising church of the living God. But they refuse to compromise. And you refuse to compromise because you are that special person unto God. <clears throat> He's called us into his marvelous light. Who once were not a people, but now are the people of God. Ha, ha, ha. A people of God. People of a holy God. That's who we are. Who have not obtained mercy, but now have obtained your mercy, Father. We are no mercy. We are not obtained mercy. But you've brought us to be a people consecrated unto, us, unto yourself, and we have obtained mercy. The mass of God is enough to make us be living in holiness. Just think about this. Just think about this. Just think about this. Guilt of every crime. Completely guilt and judged to be separated from God for all eternity. And here comes the man Jesus and he paid the price for all of us. We need to pledge our allegiance to him in total obedience. And, 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 and many times just fall at his feet and cry. What a mercy. What a grace. What love that my mind cannot comprehend. How you love me. And you've saved me. If I deeply understand that, then I will deeply consecrate myself unto you. 
I really believe that. If I deeply understand, you love me this much. You love me this much. You pay the price for me. Just let me, let me, let me try to, there's no equal whatsoever. Uh, to what I'm trying to, 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 to explain. But suppose Elder Francis, uh, I was in a place that he was the only man that he could save me. And without him, I was going to die. But he came and, 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 and did everything to save me. I do believe if I really know honor, I need to forever for the rest of my life, just honor this man. For doing what he did to save me from death. For paying the price and probably wounded, if we are at war, wounded because of me. I, I, I do believe this in this manner. I think I'll be walking, wherever it is, I'm, I'm indebted. As long as I'm, I live, I'm indebted to this man. If he ever calls me, he needs anything, I say, here I am. I don't care what time it is, because this man saved my life. Uh, my, my dad, my, my dad uh, with his peers, it must have been in the 50s. Uh, there was a certain dam near our home, uh, my, my paternal home, that's my grandfather's home, and there was a certain dam, and my dad, they went swimming, and he, he started sinking. And one man, that man is called Thomas, he's still alive, so he's mate of my dad. He saved my dad from, from sinking and completely disappearing in that dam. Now, my dad, now remember, I, if you've heard my story, I used to drink with my dad. I remember when you go <laughs> to a bar, he say, this man saved my life. I could have died. <laughs> now, my dad had money, more, more beers to, to, to Mr. Thomas. Give him some beers. That's the way, of, uh, that's the way we knew how to get back to That's the way to pay back. <laughs> but I remember Mr. Thomas. If, I, 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 recently, I was thinking of that. That's the trauma saved my dad's life. My dad could have died. I don't know. I could have not been born. <laughs> but my dad was saved by that, by, by that man's life. Kind of touches my heart. Tina tells me sometimes my crying husband. Because <laughs> I can start saying something. Oh, oh, can you imagine my crying husband? So you're becoming more and more of my crying husband. I said, that's fine. Let me be a, a small boy before the Lord. He loved me so much. I have no way of paying back except to consecrate to myself to him and just love him. In, in Mark chapter 7, <clears throat> will I cover this? I really, I, I was going a certain direction. Those who are here on Wednesday, we, we, we took some time to pray. And I, I had some scriptures. I had known that God was going to expand them. And then he said this. I, I just I say, stood there, sat there and say, Davis, I'm holy. I'm holy. My name is holy. Okay. What do you have to do with that? Okay, Lord. You have to teach me something then. And I believe it's coming out so good. 
I believe. If you don't believe, I believe. Because I'm the one speaking anyway, and I know I didn't have this information <laughs> here in my head. It's not the much study, but it's the quickening of the Holy Spirit just to remind me that God reminded you, I'm holy. That's, that's my name. In Mark, Mark chapter 7, verse 14, <clears throat> so then the type of shadow shows that the disobedient people are defeated people. Is that so? Was supposed to be God's people. So look at this then. When the church is not walking in victory and having great influence in the society, it's because they have not consecrated themselves unto God as they should, and therefore they're living in disobedience, and therefore they're living in unholiness. That's the whole point. People, God told the children of Israel, you know, in... in, in, in uh, Give me that scripture that you are sharing with me, please. You have it? But God told the children of Israel uh, that, remember that night, night in Egypt, and, and, and before any it came to the Passover night, he says this, I'll, I'll make a distinction between the Egyptians and you, my people, that Pharaoh and all the nations may know that I am God. Has he ever changed? Has he ever changed? So God says this, I want to make a distinction in your life. That you serve me. And that's why you once you consecrated yourself fully to him. Let me see, there's a scripture Miss Ruth was telling me uh, earlier ago. It says this. Uh, and early, I mean, during the day. How will anyone know that you look favorably on me, on me and your people, if you don't go with us? And then he says this, for your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all other peoples on the earth. Woo! It's a good scripture, preacher girl. For, for, for he says this, then, how will, how will anyone know that you, you look favorably on me? You know who's speaking? That's Moses. He says, on me and on your people, if you don't go with us. For your presence among us sets your people and me apart. That's what? That's like set apart. That is holy unto God. And then he says this, and are from other people on the earth. His presence, thank you. His presence is holy presence. And for a prepared vessel, then his presence comes in there and dwells in there. And that the favor of God goes with those people wherever they go. And the, the presence of God influences people around them. And God says, I'll, I'll make a distinction. I'll make a distinction between you and other people. There'll be a distinction. You won't be like other people. All people can be denied, but I won't, I, you won't be denied. If God be for us, the holy presence of God be for us, who can be against us? Oh, that we may Follow him. 
and pursue him. I don't think I'll go into, Mark, yeah, I will, Lord, I'll obey that. Mark 7, I almost say, so we need to pray here tonight. Where we reach, we reach. You remember that statement? Yeah, where we reach, we reach. I say 7 from verse 14. Look at this then. I think it's important to be able to lay this foundation here. Uh, when he had, Jesus had called all the multitude to himself, he said to them, hear me. Everyone and understand. There's nothing that enters a man from outside from which, uh, which can defile him. But the things which come out of him, those are the things that defile a man. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And then when he had entered a house away from the crowd, his disciples asked him concerning the parable. You know, his, uh, his, his disciples are saying, uh, so, <laughs> so, what do I call them? <laughs> so I say they are blessed. They are, they are, they are just, they're just different. You understand? <laughs> Think about this. He's in public, he's saying all that. Probably they are. As if they're understanding. With <laughs> probably, probably Peter is asked by one of the Pharisees, what did, does he mean by that? You mean you don't understand? Him, he doesn't understand either. <laughs> and then immediately the meeting is over. They get, <laughs> they get to, will you, tell us, will you tell us what you meant by the things that you said over there? <laughs> So, so, but listen to him, he said, he said to them, are you thus without understanding also? <laughs> I, I thought I was talking to people without understanding. You also, you also are without understanding. And he said, do you not perceive that what enters a man from outside cannot defile him? Is that, this is supposed to be one plus one. <laughs> and then, but, Thank God for Jesus. Because he does not enter into his heart but stomach and is eliminated. That's purifying all foods. That's fine. All foods are purified. But I really so believe that is a hog which eats everything. Don't stone me. <laughs> Verse 20, and he said, What comes out of a man that defiles a man? For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts. Now that's where now it comes in something. And I'll show you something. Let, let me go on. It comes in evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness, and what does he say? All these things that come from within, uh, uh, things come from within and defile a man or make a man unholy, unclean. No wonder in that Romans chapter 12, again, that, that verse 1 and 2, and then we go to, the, to, to, to like a 2 Corinthians chapter, chapter 10, verse 3 and 4, 
then uh, we have to guard our minds and our hearts. I know without the word. If I was going to let go of the word, which I'll never go, do, days and days, the heart becomes deceived. In fact, listen to this, the, the, the thought that the Lord gave to me. If you really know, you, if you really want to experience holiness and walk in holiness, you must know how to come into my presence. You must know how to enter into God's presence. Do I show scriptures for that? Can I say some things concerning the scriptures? In Isaiah chapter 6, he saw the glory of God and he had those cherubims, seraphims, crying, holy, 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 and he was convicted of his sin. Can I show you some glory also manifesting of a holy man? Peter, in his doubt, he said, throw, uh, you know, go and, and, and what? How do you say? To go to the deep. What did he say? There's a word he used. Anyway. When he was given instructions to fish <laughs> daytime, and he was a fish, launch into the deep, and he was a fisherman, and and I, I'm, I believe this because the Bible says, if you look, I think the, new, the, the King James Version, Jesus said, draw your nets. But Peter used a net. Do you know the attitude that would be? I just so believe that because I'll see, I'll show you what he did next. The attitude he had. What does this preacher man has to do with fishing? I've, got, I've, I've been in meetings with people and you give instructions and I've, I've, I've had those thoughts coming from people say, oh, he's a pastor, How, why, what does he know about this? <laughs> I've, I've had that, you know, thoughts of people. I could tell that resistance. But listen, it's the anointing. It's the anointing. God doesn't call anyone in an office without that anointing. The anointing is for service. And then, and then, so, so he, he does that and, and he launches and, and he puts an aid. I was a, a certain preacher say, he must have taken even, you know, the Bible doesn't so, say so, but there may be just, oh, let's put this one. We've already washed, remember the washing, we've already washed our nets, we won't take back, to, and then it catches all those things from the, see, anyway, it does, where, where, this is a preacher, man, how will he get fish during the day? And the Bible says the fish came in multitude, so to speak. I'm looking for a better word. But then until he started beckoning their friends to come and, and, uh, and, and, and help them. And what did he do next? Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man. You see my thoughts. You have proven me wrong. I mean, he, he fell down. That is like... Holy, holy, holy. So if you want to know how to walk in his holiness, you must again consecrate yourself to him. And then you have to know how to enter into his presence.
Because the holiness of man is long skirts for ladies, no makeup, no earrings, no trouser. You are sinning if you are wearing those things. You came sinning this evening. That's holiness of man. That's man-made. There's no power. Power is when a harlot sees the glory of God and is convicted by that love and once forever. There's no way I can be a harlot because of what you've done for me. No, the holiness in the standards of men. The holiness of men, quote-unquote holiness, they don't want even that hallowed to enter into church. Still here or you left? Guard your mind, guard your heart, brethren. It's you, it's me, it's the way we think. What we allow in our hearts, what we do secretly, in secret when no one is seeing. But because I love you, I'll not do anything in secret. Not, not, not that, so that Tina may not find out. But because I love you. Because it's so special to me. Because you paid the price for me. That's why God kept telling the, reiterating and telling the children of Israel, remember I delivered you from the Egyptians. Remember the signs and wonders that I did. Remember what I did for you. And yet you played hollow tree. You left me. You went after other gods. For this you have made my anger, uh, uh, my anger, my wrath come upon you, then I will make sure this judgment will be upon you and you'll go to, 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 to captivity. Apostasy, lack of power, lack of a voice in the church is the main thing is that. It's people are not consecrated unto God. They have made church as a religious observation that they do once in a while. But they don't live that life consecrated unto God. So then, brethren, First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 8, 1 to 8. <clears throat> I'm going to give that to you and then you go pray unto God and Leave what you'll tell you. First Thessalonians chapter 4 from verse 1 to 8 it says this. Finally then brethren we urge and exhort in the Lord Jesus that you should abound more and more just as you received from us how you ought to walk and to please God. For you know what commandments we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God your sanctification. I got that scripture years ago and thought this is the will of God my sanctification. So, Holiness, sanctification is separated, being separated for God. 
that you should abstain from sexual immorality, than each, that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, that's his body, not in passion of lust, like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one should take advantage of and defraud his brother in this matter, because the Lord is an avenger of all such, also, as we also forewarned you and testified, for God did not call us to uncleanness, but in holiness. You see that? God did not call us to uncleanness, but in holiness. God did not call us into uncleanness, uh, as to uncleanness, but in holiness. Therefore, he who rejects this does not reject man, but God who has given us his Holy Spirit. God did not call us to uncleanness, but in holiness. So you end up in, in 1 Peter chapter 1, 13 to 16. It says, therefore, guard up the loins of your mind. Do you remember the, the, what, what Jesus was saying? What comes into, in, from the heart of a man? Be sober and rest your hope fully. In singleness of purpose, one eye. Gazing unto him fully. The grace that is to be brought to you are the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not conforming yourself to the former lusts, as in your ignorance. Does you remind you again Romans 12, 1 and 2? Not conforming yourself to, uh, yourself to the former lusts, as in your ignorance, but as you called you is, say it, holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, because it's written, come on, be holy. Let me tell you something. God's name is just and faithful. Now listen to what I'm about to say. God will never ask you to do something that you are unable to do or has not abled you to do. You see that? He can say, be holy as I'm holy, if he has not equipped us to be holy. He has made it possible for us to walk in holiness. It's a lie that is sold to many, many generations. They come to a certain age, a, a child or a, a youth can look at the parent and say, Mom, your time was different. Nowadays for us, there's no way you can walk in holiness. What's that teacher who ever said, what did she say to the girls about virginity? This is what she said. I remember you telling me <laughs> that, that uh, this thing about virginity does not exist. No, it's what? Kind of like it's a, it's a fantasy. Can you imagine your daughter being told that in school? That's why you have to be diligent in teaching them. Because the teacher messed her life and she's lived her own life and then she, she looks at teenagers and says this thing of virginity is, a, is just 
just fantasy. It does not exist. And I know that teacher's attitude. <laughs> the way she talks. There's not. No, no, no. Be holy. Firm holy. For God is just and faithful. He's enabled us, enable us in every generation that we can stand as the city set in the hill to be the plumb line for the world system to see light and come to the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. In this manner is the Lord glorified on earth. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Let's, let's stand up on our feet, please. I know our time is well spent and but I had to do that part that to obey the Lord, and, and I'm so glad he, he helped me. <laughs> he helped me. Hallelujah. 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 He's holy. He's holy. Do you remember coming into his presence in Isaiah chapter 6? Let's just humble ourselves and just, we're in his presence. We're in his presence, and you've heard his living word. But I want you to just look at him. The one who says, come boldly to the throne of grace. That you may obtain mercy. And find grace to help in time of need. Father, it's our time of need. As the church. As individuals. As your people. Father, we can tell how. We need your voice. Humbling ourselves before you, Father. And not putting on our own righteousness, our own holiness. But opening our hearts, Father, your spirit showing us things as we come into your presence. Things that need to be removed from us. Things that have caused limitations upon our lives. Oh, Father. Thank you, Lord. Just lift your hands and just speak words from your heart to Him. Holy, holy. Holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. Holy God. Your presence, Lord. Showing us our error. Showing us our missing of the mark. Showing us our wrongdoings. Showing us our sins. Oh, Father, you said if anyone says he has no sin, he deceives himself. So, Father, we confess our sins. We confess our sins as the local church victory faith. 
We confess every sin, things that are done even in secret. We confess them, Father, in this local church. We ask you to forgive us. Areas in our lives that we have not walked in holiness, Father, we humble ourselves before you. I stand as a pastor, as a priest, and I ask you, Father, to forgive me. And your forgiveness come in deeply. The hearts of your people, all of us in this Victory Faith Church. Oh, Father, cleanse us from that which is common. Cleanse us from that which is defiling. Cleanse us from that which denies us our redemption privileges. Cleanse us that which makes us walk like mere men, like common men. Oh, Father, we want, as you are just and faithful God, who has asked us to be holy just as you are holy, we ask you, Father, to, we know your word is the truth. So there is no way we can, we can change your word to fit our lifestyle. But you want our lifestyles to change to fit into your word, Father. To do exactly what you say is that you are able to do. Oh, Father, thank you for the blood. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you for the blood of our redemption. May the fountain, the blood that was shed for us, just flow freely and wash us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, from all that which has kept us as being common, as being unholy, as being disobedient before you, Father. Every form of disobedience, every form of a form of worship and not true worship, a form of godliness which lacks power. Father, cleanse us tonight. All our children, all our youth, all men and women and families, Father, those you have called into this church. Father, I stand and as a pastor and under shepherd. And I ask you for that true repentance of our hearts and a consecration and a separation to walk unto, uh, in holiness unto you, Father. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Just thank you.